Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. I want you to go to your Bible or go to that little app on your, on your phone that has your Bible on it. And uh, I want us to turn today to first uh, to second timothy chapter 2 second timothy chapter 2 this is the last letter that Paul wrote to his son in the Lord, Timothy, who was the pastor of the church at Ephesus and a very frequent follower with Paul. And uh, right before his murder, actually, under the hand of Nero, the Roman emperor, He wrote this letter of love and instruction and warning to his son, Timothy. He says in chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things which you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. How many of you know you don't tell everybody everything you know? You tell people who are faithful what you know so they will teach it to others. You, therefore, listen to this, verse 3, you, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The modern church don't like this verse. should just mark it out. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A soldier. Everybody say it with me. I am a soldier of my commander, the Lord Jesus Christ, and I will go through hardship. You say, well, pastor, I could have done without that confession today. Look at verse 4. No one, no one engaged in warfare. What do soldiers do? Engage in warfare. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. You can't be military and act like you're a civilian. You can't be a soldier of the commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, and get all entangled with the affairs of this world. First John says this world lies under the influence of the evil one. This whole world system. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Media, entertainment, politics. Whatever this life is, no one entangles himself. 
with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So if I get entangled with the affairs of this life, it's going to hurt my ability to serve as a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm constantly listening to all the opinions of the media, if I'm constantly engaging myself in all of the stuff that is in this world, I am going to get entangled with the affairs of this life, and it's going to hurt my ability to serve my commander and do what he tells me to do. I'll be distracted. The Word of God doesn't say that we should not pay attention to what's going on. <coughs> Notice the words there, do not entangle yourself. <coughs> Notice that word there, entangles himself. Everybody, says, everybody say this with me. If I get entangled, it's my own fault. It's not the media's fault. It's not the political party's fault. It's not the, 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 the government's fault. It is not the world's fault. It's my fault. If I get entangled, I will entangle myself. So we need to take responsibility, saints, that we are not going to become entangled when there's a war going on. We are in a war. Our unseen enemy must be resisted. And, and, and James 4, 6 is very, very clear. Humble yourself. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you as long as you submit yourself to God. Well, what does the enemy do? Why do you say we are in a war? Let's go back to John 8, verse 44. This was a teaching in Jesus' ministry that really separated the contenders with the pretenders. After this teaching right here, many of them did not walk with him anymore. They got offended, wouldn't receive it, because, man, it is a strong word. How many of you know if you're going to be a soldier in a war, you need a strong word? Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, the context is he's talking to the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his day. Jesus said, you are of your father the devil. How would you like to go hear a man speak and he said, you're of your father the devil. How would that go with you? You are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. You got all this religious stuff on the outside, but on the inside, you want to do what your father the devil wants you to do. My goodness, what an indictment. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him, no truth in the devil. When he speaks a lie, he just speaks out of his own nature. It's just second nature to him. Because he is a liar and the father of it. So what is the main weapon of the warfare that the enemy uses to get us tangled up and not good soldiers of our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus? It's lies. 
deception. This is not new. Remember in the Garden of Eden when God blessed Adam and Eve. He created them. He blessed them. He put his own very character and nature in them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish. And I, I have blessed you. What did the devil say? He comes to Eve and he says, wait a minute. God has said you shouldn't eat out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes, that's what he told us. Because if we do, we'll die. And notice he said this, you will not die. What was he saying? God is withholding something good from you. God knows that if you do, you'll be just like him. So God wants to keep you down. He doesn't want something good to come to you. He's withholding something good from you. You will not die. Notice the other part is, Satan said, disobedience is not lethal. It's not even serious. Go ahead and do it. It's okay. There's a mighty thing going on in the body of Christ today where we're calling evil good and sin okay. Just as long as you know you're loved, it's okay. You, it's okay to do this. It's okay to cross these lines. It's okay. It, he'll forgive you. It's going to be all right. You'll, he's withholding something good from you. It is okay. And look what Adam and Eve gave up. Still affecting us today. The devil is a liar and the father of lies, and the lies he tells you is that which your flesh wants to do or that what you are being enticed by the devil, it's okay. And it leads to death. It'll kill something good if you go ahead and join up with the devil. It'll kill something good. It'll kill good relationships. It'll kill good marriages. It'll kill good employee employer relations it'll kill good relationships it, it, it it's not okay if god says it's the path that leads to death it's not okay it's not okay dear lies in the main activity of the evil one the main way that he gets us is in deception. I don't know about you, but I've been praying against the spirit of deception strongly here lately. Because there has been, un listen to me church, there has been unleashed hordes of deceiving spirits throughout this earth to get God's children. He don't care about the world, he's already got it. He doesn't care about the evil and unbelievers. He's already got them under his influence. The enemy hordes of demonic spirits have been unleashed to deceive the elect, God's children. And the Bible says that we've got to resist that. You've got to recognize that that is going on and we've got to resist that steadfast in our faith. We'll get there in a minute.
it amazes me in Mark 4 where Jesus is going through the parable of the sowing of the seed of the Word of God. Jesus says, as soon as the soil by the wayside, as soon as the Word is sown, Satan comes immediately. You ought to look at those words in Mark 4, 15. Satan comes immediately. Do you know that the enemy knows that you're in the church today and under the Word He has a plan to steal whatever word might be sown into your heart today, immediately, immediately. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. What did we see in our 2 Timothy 2 passage? How else does he work? The entanglement with the affairs of this life. When you get up in the morning these days, does it feel like you're tangled up? You don't have direction. You feel like a heavy weight of disappointment, discouragement, oppression. That's one of his primary tools is to get us so distracted in the things of this world. And you know what that does? What it does is it distracts us with us. The enemy wants us to become self-absorbed so that through our own self-absorption, we're we're not focusing on the Lord, our commander-in-chief. We're focusing on ourselves and our own stuff all the time. Distraction. But I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5 where we'll spend the rest of our time, most of the rest of our time today. 1 Peter chapter 5. So the enemy comes by lies, deception. He comes through distraction and getting all tangled up in all the stuff of this life. We can't see the truth. We we get so tangled up we don't spend time in prayer and the Word and worship. But sometimes the enemy comes through an all-out assault you to see something here. Verse 8, be sober. Don't get under the influence of something that's not the truth. Be sober, be vigilant, be exercised, be alert. Why? Because your adversary, Now, Buzz, that word adversary in the Greek is a legal term, and it talks about somebody who is in court with a case against you. The one who is the accuser of the brethren is making a case against you, and he's wanting you to listen to his lies about you. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do this. You're a failure. There there, there is a case that the evil one wants to use against you. Your adversary. And notice what the word says. Your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. 
So now we got to get some context to this passage here. Understand that the enemy is looking to build a case against you today. He's looking, studying where you are most vulnerable to stepping out of line as a soldier of Jesus Christ. He is studying you. You say, Pastor, that's a scary thought. The devil is not omniscient, church. He doesn't know everything. God is. But he's a great observer. And he has a network of demons, spiritual forces under his command, that give him information. He's not omniscient. But he has a lot of information. He's a, quite an observer. And he is going to come at you, your adversary, like a roaring lion, accusing you, tempting you, getting you all caught up in your unworthiness, all caught up in the lies of everything is okay regardless of what God says. But notice, even in this all-out assault, we, we're being studied to see where we're vulnerable. Did you know that the whole letter of 1 Peter talks to people who are suffering? I mean, suffering. Look back in uh, chapter 4 and verse 16. If anyone suffers as a Christian, don't be ashamed. Let him glory in God in this matter. If God has given you the opportunity to suffer with others who are hurting, tell God thank you that he would entrust you to be an, a, 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 a partner, a, a trusted uh, affirmation to that person. But notice in verse 19, let those who suffer according to the will of God. So sometimes, did you know that God has put you with people that he knew good and well were going to be a source of pain in your life? That ain't popular preaching. God knew good and well before you were ever born the people in your life who are closest to you are going to be your greatest source of pain. He knew it good and well. Well, why would a loving God allow those people who cause me pain to be this close in my life? Because there's something that he can only do through the relationship he's given you with them for their benefit and for yours. I said, for their benefit and for yours. Because you see, me and you are not the center of the universe. Three amens. I said, you and I are not the center of the universe. God sovereignly put people in your lives that he knew somehow that even through our mistakes, he could trust you to be a steward of his love and his grace and even his correction in those around you 
that he entrusted to be in your circle of influence. He's doing something in them that he needs you, and he's doing something in you that he needs them. Wow. That ain't a popular word, but it is the truth. Joseph had brothers that sold him into slavery, treated him like a piece of chattel. But God knew that he could trust Joseph to be a witness before the very Pharaoh of Egypt, and he did. And God rescued and blessed his children, even in Egypt, because of Joseph. God is doing certain things in your life that is, that is affiliated with your hurting, your, your suffering. You feel it. You feel it. But notice what he says in this context of sufferings in chapter 1. The elders who are among you I exhort. I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd, feed, lead, protect the flock of God which is among you. Serving as an overseer, looking over the needs of the sheep, not by compulsion, but do it willingly, not for dishonest gain, but do it eagerly, not as being bosses, masters, lords, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd comes, you'll receive the crown of, crown of glory, which doesn't fade away. Now watch this. When we are suffering, when we're carrying some hurt, there are some things here in this passage that we need to recognize when we're under this. We, we become very, when you're suffering, when you're hurting, you become very, very vulnerable to the adversary, the devil's attack, his assault. Very vulnerable when you're suffering. And notice in these next few verses, here are things that we need to recognize. Verse 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders, and all of you, listen, all of you, old and young, be submissive to one another. Be submissive to one another. Don't demand your way. Be clothed with humility because God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Uh-oh. Now we know when we're suffering, when we're hurting, if we develop pride, we become very attractive to the adversary who is walking around looking for someone whom he may devour. Number one, he's looking for somebody who's hurting. Number two, he's looking for somebody who has become proud. You know what that means? Believing that you can fix it. Believing that you you are the key. You can make somebody else happy. You better give that on up. It ain't going to ever happen. That you can make somebody successful. To humble ourselves means to recognize that we are, apart from Him, we are nothing and can do nothing. God, I'm totally dependent on you for this. Totally dependent on you. It's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. Humble ourselves. 
Submit ourselves to the place of obedience. God resists the proud. He holds us at arm's length. He gives grace, favor, and ability when we humble ourselves, when we submit to Him. Therefore, verse 6, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. You want your prayers answered? You want the relief from this burden you've been carrying? Keep on humbling yourself, recognizing you can't, but He can. Recognizing that regardless of what you see, God is at work to will and to do of His good pleasure. He has not given up that plan. But notice how we do that. How do we humble ourselves? Casting all our care upon Him, for He cares for me. You know what that means? If I am worried and anxious, Joe, I am not humbling myself. One of the attributes of pride is for me to be worried, full of cares and anxiety. That's pride. It means I am really thinking, speaking, and behaving like I can do this. I can handle this. It's all about me. I can fix it. And don't invite the Lord into it. So if I'm full of anxiety, it means that I got some pride somewhere. Notice that I can suffer. Notice that I can experience pain, and it is not ungodly in and of itself. But when I carry worry, care, and anxiety, it is attached to a lack of humility, and it's going to keep me from experiencing the mighty hand of God in due time. Wow. So I become very attractive to this lion roaming around seeking to devour me when I don't cast my cares on the Lord. When there's pride there. And notice what else. Did you miss this in the first few verses? Submit yourself to your spiritual elders, spiritual leadership. I want everybody to listen to me. Not popular preaching. When we get out from under spiritual covering and we'll obey the devil's lies, you don't need that. It's you and Jesus. That's all you need. When we get out from under spiritual covering, we become very attractive to the evil one. Because we're out there by ourselves and we don't even think about it. You're not going to succeed by yourself. No, you're not. Got to find out where has God appointed leadership, shepherding. Where has God placed me? Who has God given me connection with? What inner circle of strength and prayer and the Word of God and and, and, and encouragement and even correction. Where has God placed me? That is a protective place from the assignment of the devil. That's one reason why we needed to get together again, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And there are other ways to do it, I know, besides in-person 
but the principle is still the same and that is we need spiritual mature leadership and we need to learn to submit to it i couldn't figure out all these five churches i served under all the christian schools i served i could not figure out why god seemed to be waiting so long for me to just be the head of my own ministry it just seemed like forever you know what the answer to that mystery was you don't understand spiritual covering you're in a dangerous place you don't even know it when the spirit of god revealed to me how he sees spiritual covering Man, I joined in immediately, hook, line, and sinker. And everything, everything began to turn around for God's glory. Doors were open. Resources were unleashed. Anointing was amplified. And I didn't even know that I was walking around out there as an attractive weapon to the devil because I didn't know what covering was, is, and I was not submitting and didn't even know it to those who were over me in the Lord. And when that was revealed and that was brought in line, everything changed. Everything. We get very attractive when we get isolated. and act as if we're on our own. There is nobody, and I want to tell you this, that's, that passage is very, very clear. The right covering is a servant who serves, not some kind of rock star who just emits orders. No. You read it again for yourself. Okay, so, what have I got to do? I got to recognize where I am. I got to recognize that in pride and anxiety and fear and worry, I got to recognize that I'm in a warfare and that, it, my, I, that I matter, that I'm a soldier under the command of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the first and foremost thing we got to do. I got to recognize Then we learn how to resist. And that's where I'll take up next Sunday. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I wonder if today you would say, Lord, first and foremost, I want you to forgive me for acting as if I'm under my own command. 
I serve at your pleasure. And Lord, I want you to forgive me for listening to the deceitfulness and the lies of the evil one. Holy Spirit, I want you to join my prayer this week. Would you do it right where you sit? Would you say, Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth. Would you reveal to me where I'm believing lies? Reveal to me where I'm believing something that is not true. It's not based on your word. Jesus said, if you abide in me, you will know the truth. If you abide in my word, you'll know the truth. Would you say, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, reveal to me right now where I'm believing something that's not true. And if the Lord shows you something immediately, just say, you're right. You're right. I'm wrong. I repent. Maybe you need to say, Lord, I've called something right that you say is wrong. And I don't care what the world says. If you say it's wrong, I'm agreeing with you. I repent of it in Jesus' name. Would you also say, Lord, as you search my heart, do you see pride there? I've asked the Lord to show me. Oh, God, where the, where's their residual doors and rooms of pride, of self-reliance, self-absorption? I can't be a good soldier if that is the theme of my life. Or maybe you need to say, Lord, I realize I've become attractive to the, to the adversary, and he sure is a doing a lot of accusing on me lately because I've tried to carry my own worry, fear, and anxiety instead of casting it on you. I believe that you are the defender of my life. You are the defender of my business, my practice. You are the defender of my family. Forgive me for believing and acting like that it's all up to me. Lord, I will do what you tell me to do, but I hereby release the end result over to you. Thank you. You love me. You're at work for me. And I will stand still and see the salvation of my Lord. Maybe today you need to say, Pastor, I, I, I have come to realize through this Word and by the Holy Spirit's teaching that I have joined in and been connected with spiritual leadership only in word, only in outward allegiance. I hadn't really had revelation and connected to those you've assigned in my life. Not to lord it over me, but to join me as an asset that you've already got provided for me. Not as a boss, but as a divine servant that is available to me if I just ask.
someone to pray with me and for me, to walk with me. Open my eyes to see. Open my eyes to see. If the Lord has led you to pray any of those prayers together, just slip up your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, Holy Lord of the church. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, we humble ourselves. We admit our total dependence on you. And you are God. And I pray your mighty blessing on these, your people, that you would bless us and keep us, that you would cause your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us, that you would lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace. And I remember, Father, at the end of the gospel, your word says, when you were about to be lifted up to be ascended before the throne, you lifted up your hands and blessed your people. So, Lord, is just a servant today. I'll bless all of those who are part of this fellowship and who have listened to this voice. Connect them, Lord, to the truth of your word. Connect them to spiritual leadership and authority. Most of all, Lord, connect us to our commander-in-chief's voice above every voice. In Jesus' name. Well, I look forward to seeing you next week as we continue this message. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.